This week, we learned three things. The top is absolute slop, the verse is pure chaos, and the bottom is bussin' out its motherfucking draws. The league is downright exergonic with the amount of free energy flowing into its bones, bathed in the ascendant light of Canis Major, and her burden for a finish to remember. On this episode, we seek the future in the stars. This is Don't Fear the Keeper. And we are back. Uh, as I just said, this is Don't Fear the Keeper. And I am joined today by none other than our fearless leader, the Kamesh. Charlie, how are we? It's good to be once again on the pod. Um, it was a big weekend for for football in general. We have the game now coming up on Saturday. And we have the Browns just chugging along with the DTR experience rolling. So we got a lot to look forward to as we come yeah. up on the week. We got Thanksgiving football, Black Friday football, Saturday college football, and game Sunday. It is a it is a full slate, as they say, as we approach this week. So very good time to be talking ball um, with, with none other than Charles. Um, John, as you might be aware, is not here today. Uh, that is for two exactly two reasons. Number one is, uh, you know, I was just in the mood to do a pod, and Charlie and I were physically together on Sunday and therefore able to collude to make that happen. And number two, because uh, he started to get too far ahead in total games guessed for the predictions, so we need to get those numbers down a little bit. So that's that's really the most important reason why yes. uh, we decided to make the swap for this week. Don't get any ideas in your head about John wanting to try to evade prosecution for his ice or um, not wanting to be on the podcast because of um, his team continuing to be one of the more abysmal outfits I've ever heard of. Um, that's not the case, although those could be valid reasons. Um, I, I said on Sunday after John, it was confirmed John was throwing up another zero that the ice has quickly become, it's like Sisyphus in the stone. Like our worst chugger is just forced to just week after week go to battle with uh with his demons and really thus far has not been able to conquer them you know what's a demon that's just very easily conquerable john don't don't start gabe davis stop what what why do you keep why do you keep starting him he's just here's the thing here's the thing if gabe davis goes off on his bench john's not gonna win the game anyway like and if no. he does, is that is that really making a break in the season there? Like, I, I don't know. So has has every um has everyone is the most anyone's done other than John two ices because I think two. I, I think I think I Alex think, with two is yes, Alex there's, there's, two. there's there's several people with two, and they are leading. They are tied for T two across the so, board. There. So so people have two. John has taken two just for Gabe Davis. So yeah. um, he really needs to just try to try to do a different strategy. I don't, I know John, you don't have anyone on your bench, pick literally anyone up off waivers. They'll probably get more than, uh, than, than two, than zero points. So start, start Cedric Tillman. He'll get an end around. He'll get some points. Like all those guys. And when I was in the lost 
Oh shit. Um I still right. I still you're still rolling, so I think that the uh, the treadmill and space heater are on the same breaker. I will be right back. <laughs> I just have it to appears reset co- it appears Colin just blew a fuse at his home. So So that's what's going on right now over there in Upper Arlington. We got you know, we're battling through it though. But yeah, um, it is funny. Like, so, John, if you, John, if I was you, like I said, you're in a one-game season, so, and so you're just preparing for that one game. Outside of that, like I said, Cedric Tillman, Elijah Moore, I think you already have. Um, you know, find any guy that's going to get an end around. Get anybody on the Chiefs. Start any Chiefs player. They'll probably get an end around or a weird, like, one-yard catch, even if it's their only target the entire game, and you'll be safe from the ice. So... All right, the breaker has been restored. Charlie, you just monologuing? Yeah, I, I was just giving John some ideas as to random receivers that he could pick up that will get the ball at least once a game, if for a yard, but that gets him on the board. Yeah, the good news for John is, as he's mentioned, he has first waiver priority basically forever. Um, and therefore, you know, John, whatever your heart desires, just make sure you use them to bench Gabe Davis. I guess that's a good enough transition we could start some recaps and one of the reasons why john is so safe is that kyle winning two on the bounce uh to keep the pot stirring in um in a shitty top really it it, the top if we're stirring the pot it's the toilet bowl because those guys stink up there pretty much the uh i'm not gonna lie the divisions have kind of gone the way we thought they would. We looked at it and we're like, top division probably stinks. We didn't say the verse division would be questionable, but they happened I thought the verse two of the better divisions. I thought the verse, the verse division has two of our historically most hapless teams, plus Brian, which is really just like the third of that breed. Mm-hmm. It's a different reason, but he's in that list. And then, uh, you know, an unknown quantity with Alex. But regardless, um, Kyle stringing together some wins. Obviously, uh, I don't know how much he could really hope to accomplish. Although I don't think he's technically eliminated from the uh, the petite final yet, so um, he could still get himself to safety if he stinks if he keeps this up. And the bottom division has become the AFC North, like to a T. Like we're oh. it, it's just a dogfight in there. The bottoms are absolutely powerful. So. Um, I guess just to 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 clarify, uh, Kyle took down Gar- uh, Gary, the tanking Gary, um, who is now in a race with Scott to see who I guess just tanks less badly. Um, that is going to be a very interesting playoff spot that will most likely go to the team with like the seventh best record. Um, so going to be interesting to see who comes out up there. It does make the math a little easier on trying to project forward the buys, which is something that we we just might do today. Um, And basically, we could say the top is eliminated from that. that. As we're looking at it right now, the top division is I'm like what's so the the bottom is the AFC North versus the NFC East. You have the Cowboys and the Eagles, and then two 
listless rafts potentially. Yes, absolutely. And Brian's actually a pretty decent commander's comparison. Well, like he's there. Like you can't say he's like not Sam there. Howell, Sam Howell's actually a little scary, like for both teams, like his own team and for the opposing team. Like I, I'm ner- You never know what what you're gonna get when he shows up to town. So, yeah. and I feel like Brian has some of that similar energy. And uh, what do we call the top? Because it, it feels they're, like. NFC South. Yeah. Yeah. They have they have one god awful team, that is the Panthers. They have a team that's technically god awful but won a few games. That's Kyle and they're the Falcons. And they have two teams that both aren't awful, but both aren't very good. And the Falcon and the uh chart it's the Saints and the Buccaneers, and that's Gary and Scott. Yeah, the definitely they have a situation of those like the, the Bucks and the Saints are just not even discussed. And I feel like for Gary and Scott, that's kind of the direction that we're heading. One of them has to make it. It's the league is, has acknowledged that fact, but uh, we're not there yet. The best part, the best part in the National Football League is that, like, if the Saints win that division, like, is it the Vikings? Maybe are going to have to like go on the road and play in New Orleans, and it's like, what the hell's going to happen in that game? I know that does it does that is one of those ones where. I will say there's just real utility in being the five seed. Um, yep. I think actually you can make that argument for the AFC too. Like um, looking at the five seed, if you just assume that, which isn't even, I don't know, a good assumption that the Dolphins can pull free and that the five seed will be like either the Texans or the Jags. I think that'd be a pretty satisfactory game to go into if you're the first wild card. Particularly, yeah. the Jags are a better team, but they also have no home field advantage. So, um, <laughs> so it would be fine. <laughs> but yeah, or honestly, it might be like the Cowboys. Like the Cowboys might have to go in and play against the Saints. And again, the Cowboys could lose that game very easily. Yeah, that that game is a little bit more suspicious. Um, just playing in New Orleans. Um, but yeah. That's that's kind of what we're looking at with the standings. Uh, however, as you did mention, the, the bottoms are absolutely flying right now. Um, given a fortuitous loss by Zach um, to Mike, which was pretty a pretty convincing affair, uh, we also had the Sausage Factory uh, getting burnt, getting singed on the I, edges. I have... I have a rare, time. I have a rare opportunity where next week I might have a double Kelsey and AJ Brown revenge game. Kelsey because oh, you're they lost. You're gonna pitch it as revenge. So Kelsey because they lost. So that could be a okay. revenge game for him, and he didn't play well. And then AJ Brown, but they won, but he was basically a non-participant and was very angry on the sidelines. So like, do you get? revenge games for just playing bad i i thought that that was you had to be wronged in some way to take to take well that that that's i mean it's it's a very loose use of the term but we could be getting a a, like maybe statement game from both of them is a better a better way to say it i'll buy i'll buy statement game yeah probably probably definitely more of a state it's a statement game for both of those guys okay fair enough yeah i mean uh, charlie how are we feeling about the aj brown trade what do you have one point or early one one catch for eight yards, uh, early returns have not been great on the trade out of the buy. That's not what you love to see. Um, so yeah, I mean, he had basically as many points as the round of pick you traded for him. 
Yeah. So that's obviously so he, not So he – um, this happened he earlier. In the, the, I missed the first no. three quarters of the game. This happened earlier in the season when they were winning, when they were just not giving him the ball. And then he got mad at Jalen Hurts and then became the best receiver in the league for like 10 straight games. So okay. I'm, hope, I'm hoping we get one of those things again as they go late. Um, I also didn't check the weather report. Two, two times this weekend, took the over. No doubt the over was going to hit. Didn't check the weather report and didn't realize that both games were being played in the hardest rain that I've seen in a while. So uh, it was definitely pretty miserable. I yeah, Washington, Oregon State you, thought they had the over written all over it, and then they're like the the game turned on. They're like it's actually a tsunami here in Oregon. So I had the Eagles. I had a pretty solid parlay. I had the Eagles uh, uh, spread plus two and a half. The under and Jalen Hurts to score a touchdown, which is just the most automatic prop in football right now. Um, To be honest with you, I didn't know about the weather either, but it was like 45 and a half. Offense stinks this year, and both these teams have had better defenses than offenses this season. I thought that was pretty obvious. We went into the half with 24 points having been scored, and the Eagles were down. And I was like, okay, like this is a very much alive situation here. And then it was just – and I guess punt, the, punt, 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 turnover, turnover in the third quarter, and it was not was not good from yeah, that point. I on. guess the Chiefs did have two red zone turnovers, so um, I was prepared. I I was going to be able to to swallow the um, if the Chiefs had scored there at the end, I still would have been um, well, I would have lost on the spread, so I would have been fucked. But regardless, uh, they didn't. MVS stinks. John, don't pick up MVS to replace Gabe Davis. I guess that that'd be my only pro tip. Um, but yeah, Charlie just can't feel good. You know, uh, looking at it, the least points he's scored all year, uh, the week yeah. after you trade for him, not ideal. Um, no. what that does do is make our division incredibly interesting where we now have three teams at six and five Zach also falling, uh, to seven and four now means that there's really no way to rule anyone out, including Paul, uh, just by virtue of the fact that he has the wins in the bank. Everyone around him lost. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's just going to be a very interesting home stretch in the uh, down in the bottoms. Um, the last piece there is I have finally battled back to breaking 500 from uh, my very dismal start to the year. I, um, I got to say it. I think I have the second best team right now. Scoring the most points. You're, cer- you're, you're certainly, you're certainly playing like it. It's tough. To, it's like, and, uh, and Jameer, the the emergence of Jameer Gibbs as a worthy namesake of my team has has definitely been a boon over yeah. the last couple of weeks. Um, and it does, I, and I've been able to in this little run to pull open a little bit of a points for advantage over the rest of the division that yeah um, could come into play down the stretch. So I I now have about eighty points over Charlie and sixty over Zach. Yeah. Um, and with three games left, those margins do start to matter. Yes. Um, I think Ben had the worst win of the week. Yeah, Ben. The, it's the like a win where you're like, the ho- is there a word it, but, for it? Like the opposite of a Pyrrhic victory where it's like you won, but it's like, oh, man. <laughs> it, it, no, it's it's Ben. Ben, he he kind of jets week one. Like, they won the game, but their quarterback is just out for the season. And they know that they're fucked the rest of the way. Yeah, I guess it's a Pyrrhic loss. It's yeah. like, 
I feel like Ben learned something about his team and, and it wasn't good. And if he played literally anyone other than uh, he, who honestly shouldn't even be named in any fantasy football discussion, um, he would have lost. So it can't, it can't be good coming into the most critical part of the year. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, the last the whole, thing the whole, is, the whole, we looked at about five weeks ago, we thought we were on a collision course for Mike and Ben to meet in the finals. And Mike took a dip has definitely stabilized and looks to be playing well again, but Ben has not pulled out of this nose dive quite yet. No, Ben, the thing is he's eight and three. Um, so his pathways are still incredibly open. Um, it's just that I think, I think it's starting to become a situation where unlike last year, where he had kind of a bad record, but a spicy team this year, it feels like a first, first round loss. Yeah, and, and really, at, at eight wins, he's probably, like, he would, because his points have fallen off, he would lose, he, he'll probably lose most of the points for tiebreakers, but I don't, there's not going to be six teams that get to eight wins. So it's like, yeah, he's, 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 he's pretty safe because he's got eight wins. Um, I think he it looks like he was going to have every tiebreaker, like, Again, like five weeks ago, like, oh, he's going to have all the tiebreakers. Well, that's not going to be the case, but it's not going to matter. He's not going to need them. Yeah, so he's fallen all the way back below me and now only – and now below you and Zach. Yeah. So he has yeah. really cratered. And interestingly enough, Alex, yeah. who has now crested 1,400 points on the year, um, which I uh, – that is just remarkable. Um, mm-hmm. what do we do with Brian? It, you want to do one minute on Brian? Cause he's now six and five. His last three games. I mean, it's, it's there for him to take. Like if he wins, like he's got Alex, like if he beats Alex and he plays me and then he plays, um, uh, who's his play? Who's he play last week? Uh, last. Hold on, look, look. he plays you the last week. If he if he runs a table and gets or gets the seven you know, wins, or seven or eight to, wins, if he gets to seven, if he gets to eight wins, beating uh, Alex, to, yeah, some, some combination of Alex, me, and you, he deserves like he gets like he deserves to be in. Like, yeah, I I'd be interested to see STD if that were to come to pass. I'd be interested to see the STDs on the lowest ranked points team. To make the playoffs. That would be a fascinating metric. Um, Brian certainly putting himself in the center of that conversation. Anything on the Browns? Uh, Obviously, this past weekend, Charlie, me, Gary, and Kyle wasn't there yet. So we were all in a quorum um, to watch the Browns game, in which was just the most obvious Steelers victory of all time. The, the, the Browns lose that game 10 times out of 10. Like, there's no way. It was funny. So, the what everybody thinks the strategy was, was this, this was the airwaves Monday and today. That okay. basically the Browns – Were they scored, grinding the tape? No. It, so, okay. yeah. So, so, the Browns scored their first 10 points. And the basically, like, Stefanski knew he only had, like, six plays in, in the bank that they could, like, go to to, like, get yards. And it just became, like – Literally, trust the ball. Hold the line. Like, don't turn it over. Punt. Let the defense play. Just just hold the line as long as we can. 
and hopefully keep it tied or in the lead, and then we'll get the ball, and we have our six plays to try to go get a field goal. Yeah. it. I mean, you could tell they ran – they they ran basically curl flats on every every play. Like DTR's pass map, I think, is like it literally looks like a plate because he, he completed like twenty six passes. Every single one of them is in the flat. Um, it was, and it, it felt was like a, that watching it. Honestly, yeah, it the was. only thing I would have done differently is if that was the game plan for the passing game, just run like even into unadvantageous situations because it's like you're not actually trying to get the yards anyway you no. might as well it, it was clear that their plan was we're going to throw it into the flat on first down completion or not we're going to run it on second down and then if it's third and two we might run it again or go for the first down if it's third and seven we're going to throw it in the flat again see what happens we're going to pump the ball away and let the defense get on the field yeah like that, that was very clearly the strategy he had a couple of boomers in the first half. I, I think it sort of faltered in the second half, and I'm, I'm not going to lie. It felt like that was when the Steelers started to get momentum. Um, the I, I the uh, On Bill Simmons' Sunday podcast, the past all this year, they've done a bit where basically like the biggest lock in sports right now is Steelers to lose the first half and win the game. Um, because this has been the game script of every single thing where they go down like seven zero and then they just play the most horrible game you've ever watched in the second half and they win yeah. like eight to seven. Um, and it finally, it finally crumbled. So that felt really, really and, good. And like you said, so, that's 10 times out of 10 loss, no matter how well we were playing. Yeah. And the, uh, the funny thing is that the big stat people have been tracking for the Steelers all year is that they've been outgained in every game that that they've played. And um, they were the first team ever to do that and have a winning record. The Browns got like 15 more yards on their last two plays before they ran it and kicked that field goal and passed the Steelers in total yards for the game. So it would have been very funny if the game with the Steelers outgained their opponent. They just lose the game anyway. Yeah. Yeah, very funny. Um, but good feeling Browns are seven and three and, you know, in great, great position. All right. That's all we got for the recaps. We're now going to move on to our first segment, which we are going to be doing a Mount Rushmore of grab a beer football coaches. Last night we let the liquor talk. I can't remember everything we said, but we said it all. You told me that you wish I was somebody you never met But baby, baby, something's telling me this ain't over yet No way it was our last night I kissed your lips Make you grip the sheets with your fingertips Alright, so what we're gonna do is fairly self-explanatory I will be honest, I didn't really prepare because I made this during work And I was working right up until the moment that we started to record But I think we're gonna be able to do okay regardless the uh, the concept here, based on the conversation that we had either this morning or yesterday, is we're going to be drafting our football coaches that we'd most like to sit down and have a beer with. Um, you can kind of justify it by whatever criteria you see fit. Yeah, Charlie, we're go- are we um, going college and pro, college and pro, but it's got to be football. Okay. And they they don't have to be active, but they do have to be alive. Okay. If that's satisfactory, I don't know how much that. I think I think I think that's a reasonable. Like, 
Yes, that should be that's reasonable. Um, okay. Criteria. But you can also assume. I mean, I'm assuming you would never do this. You you don't you can take them in their prime. So like, if you were really for some reason wanted to draft Lou Holtz, um, you could. And, yeah, okay. and he would be able to speak English at the at the era you, in which you, you were. You could get you could get 1983 Notre Dame Lou Holtz, not 2023. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so you can go with whoever you want. Uh, I will since I'm the host. I will. Well, I guess Charlie, you you basically you win the coin toss. So you can decide which where, where you want to go. You want to go first. I'll go for I'll go first because I have one guy that I definitely want to get. And this is this might be just me, and it might be like I'm gonna be able to get him very easily on the on the comeback. But I'm gonna go with Dan Campbell first overall. Okay, Dan Campbell. I mean, I think it's self evident. Kind of crazy to me as as first overall, just from a the you know recency. But that being said, from an electricity standpoint, he absolutely has first round potential. I mean, he's like you said they. <laughs> Think about the Dan Campbell timeline of the Lions just for a moment. They announced their hiring him, which was basically out of nowhere. And this was big in the why isn't – we kind of crested that peak. But this was right at the peak of why isn't anybody hiring Eric Bieniemy to be their head coach. He interviewed yeah. with the Lions, and then they hired Dan Campbell. And everybody's like, Lions get a Lion. Like, this is, this is of course, with the, who the Lions hired. Then he does that introductory press conference with the bite the kneecaps. Yes. And then that video surfaces of him being like shown around the facility by the Ford family. And when they got to the field, he just openly wept. <laughs> that, that's he just started openly so, weeping. To me, the thing that was the most, it wasn't necessarily the BM, the enemy thing as much as it was. It was the time when literally every head coaching hire was an offensive minded play call. Yeah. And that was basically what you had to do. It was thought to be competitive. And the first year of MCDC has certainly had its ups and downs, but you can actually, it, it's one of the quickest I've ever seen a almost Steelers-esque thing of like, we have our culture first and then we'll sort yeah. of figure out the other stuff about the game as it comes. Yeah. And it's come together incredibly quickly. Also, yeah, the first year was not great. Then they get on hard knocks and everybody gets really introduced to the inside mind of, of Dan Campbell and he gets out there the, more. I mean, certainly from a beverage. What do you, what do you think Dan Campbell orders Charlie at the bar? When you, so he's you go, you're what, going up for your beer. It's so I think he strikes me as like, he is just a thousand Miller lights kind of guy. Like he just gets tall Miller lights draft okay. or bottle whatever they have and just, just the biggest possible serving size ju- yeah just pounds the, like you might just get a pitcher and it's just this is just my pitcher and he just okay he doesn't even pour it into a glass maybe he just drinks it out of the pitcher i i could see that uh, he does i think he, i could totally see him drinking out of the pitcher um i think that's a pretty good pick i'm also going nfl active head coach uh for my first pick and i'm gonna take andy reed um who is just a spectacular human uh, one of the reasons I think he'd be an asset at the beer table is he's for sure ordering apps. Um, yes. And he's buying. So I'm going to get, I'm going to get the jalapeno poppers. I'm going to get the onion rings. I'll be able to snack on that, uh, while I'm having my beer. He might even bring, bring something on his own. And then he's just a fascinating character because he looks absurd and mm-hmm. yet he's really, he's never been bad. 
he's never had a bad season. No, and he's also he's also has um like old person grandpa conversation, I would assume, where you just be like, Hey Andy, football and he'll just talk for an hour and a half straight. Exactly. And just I don't keep saying I don't things. I'll have to do any work. Yeah. I I'll be I, I would love to just ask him about the development of the West Coast offense and then just not have to say another word and I can drink like two Christmas sales and just sit he'll back. Start, he'll, he'll start he'll start with Brett Favre and he'll just go he'll just go from there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um all right, so first overall I'm taking Andy Reid. Um I don't want to do another I can't just do like another old guy NFL coach. Can I? Um I think for number two, I'm gonna do Coach Prime. Oh, and okay. um and really this one is just a live wire. I'm I'm honestly just curious what's gonna happen. I think that the beer could quickly turn into uh ace of spades and uh Hennessy shots, and I'm fine with if that if that's I, the I would almost I would almost guarantee that that happens. And the main thing is I would love to just be able to t- ask him about this is life. Yeah. <laughs> and like and different things like that i think i'm getting with andy i'm getting the x's and o's out of my system with prime i'm looking for a completely different experience this so is, gonna and go, you're gonna I'm get gonna it go you're ahead. gonna get like andy reed will just tell you like yeah you said the x's and o's prime will just be like all right this is what happened when i went up against jerry rice like this is exactly. what this is what That's went down yeah yeah I just ask hey what's a crazy college football story from when you were a player like yeah. that, that's the kind of thing I think former players have a certain asset and obviously he's just the most deranged of, of those and most culturally relevant. So, um, I'm going there. Number two, Charlie, who, are, who do we come back with? I have a pick that I think that I can save. So I'm going to go a different direction. Okay. Um, but I am going to go with, uh, Jim Harbaugh. Okay, on this one. Charlie. We we just we discussed the, this. Getting out the chicken. We've come around on the chicken. So we discussed this. So again, um, my line with this is I think that Harbaugh has nicer version of Bill Belichick in him, where it, it he brings something very similar to what I think Andy Reid brings. Where Dan Campbell is kind of my like electricity pick, like prime is for you. Harbaugh yeah. will be my where like I, Harbaugh will talk for an hour and a half about long snapping about like defensive sure. special team strategy type of thing, you know, like that. And so he'll, he'll be my X's and O's guy. And um, you know, you're not going to get too crazy with Jim Harbaugh. Like it'll be a very reasonable, he'll probably talk at a reasonable volume. Like it'll be a contained event. You won't have to worry about things getting too out of control. For sure. I think it's a good pick. Um, I think also he'll say, three to five things that are just absolutely baffling. Yes. And he, he will make, he, he'll make up tell, facts. You'll be, to, you'll be able to put in the group chat. I, I just had a beer with Jim Harbaugh and he's, this is what he said. And there'll and be at least one thing that makes no sense. He'll, he'll whip out. You know, he's often nervous bird, but he'll, no, the human body craves contact. He'll get, he'll get something yeah. like that out there, you know? Yeah. Uh, and how, you know, I like to see, uh, see things like my mom's swimsuit in in one piece which is just mm-hmm. you know just going for the weirdest possible metaphor uh so okay so chuck's got dan campbell and jim harbaugh who are you going with 
So this this is just a me pick. This is not going to score me any points with anybody else. This is just for my own personal enjoyment, but I'm going with Hugh Jackson. And I'm going to sit there and just ask him a thousand and one questions about one and thirty one. And I'm going to make him I'm going to make him answer all of them. Make him jump in the lake. You're going yeah. to make him finally pay up and jump in the lake. We'll talk about did you, do you regret jumping in the lake? Is that something you regret? Okay. Maybe you regret doing um, the Owen 16 parade. Did you enjoy? What did you think about that? You know, but yeah, I'm just yes. going to make him sit there and be like, so. Do you admit so Baker Mayfield more... is better than Tyrod Taylor? It's just, it's just, it's just, this will let me air my demons. Like I've, got, I've had a lot of questions about that. You're using the the beer as a captive audience. That yes. until you finish that beer, you are you are in my clutches. Yes, exactly. Okay. And I got a, I got okay, a lot of enough. questions about the Hugh Jackson tenure. Um, and I assume uh, you have a lot of dirty laundry that. Not, be like, I mean, the best thing that ever happened to Hugh Jackson in Cleveland was when the Browns fire him, you know, five games into that season or six games in. And he just immediately gets a job as an offensive, like, quality control guy with the Bengals, who the Browns played like three weeks later. And John Johnson picks off a pass and runs to the sideline and hands the ball to Hugh Jackson. Hands it to him. I know that was the greatest thing ever. So, so there's just there's just a lot of moments to discuss, and I and like I said, it's a captive audience. I got some questions for Hugh Jackson. Okay, Charlie is is taking his third pick to interrogate a source subject. Uh, for my next pick, I am uh, looking for some very general cliche statements, and I'm going to be taking Mike McDaniel, um, who. I realize I'm gonna, I'm gonna end up going all active, but that's fine. I think that's that's a pretty reasonable strategy. Uh, Mike McDaniel's just a hilarious person. Um, I believe yeah. he he suffered from addiction, uh, so he may not partake in the beer. He, but in the in my he universe, wasn't alcoholic. He, he wasn't alcoholic. In my universe, that is I uh, I get him at whatever era that I want. So I will just choose to go back to when he was an alcoholic, um, okay. so that he can he can participate. Um, and I just think that this would be. Again, another one where I would really like to be saying as le- as little words as possible and just see how much ridiculous stuff he says. Um, I also think it's pretty clear Mike McDaniel has energy where, like, he will shit talk people at the bar oh, and yeah. probably get into a fight. Probably get into a fight while you're while oh, he's yeah. at it. So, just in his Pete Davidson deadpan delivery, he will end up getting us in trouble. Yes. So, I am going to take Mike McDaniel, and I will I will be honest. Not to spoil this if this was going to be your pick, but I'm I was going to take Sark, but then I realized I can't pick back to back alcoholics. Good because so. Sark is my last pick, so. <laughs> so so now I have to pivot. Um, I, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot off Sark. I'm gonna leave him to you because I don't want to do that twice, and I'm gonna take Pete Carroll. Okay, I I figured um, you'd have a Pete Carroll in there. You've always been a Pete Carroll guy. I've always been a Pete Carroll guy. I just want, I just think he'd have, he has great energy on the field. I, I would love to, if there's an opportunity, like if we could throw the ball around before we go into the bar, um, maybe he'd get the gloves on. Um, I just, I, I just love that guy. So Pete, Pete Carroll would get down and show you three technique in the middle of the bar. He'd, oh, he'd, for he'd, sure. he'd, 
Yeah, he'd, he'd show you a pass set real quick. I also just think he'd be a, he'd just be a fun hang. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, that's why that's very that's a he, he he's a more fun but... he's a more fun version of Andy Reid. I think like he brings yes. everything Andy Reid does, but he'll also like I think I think he'd get down and show you a three technique. Yeah. Andy Reid is like you like that. We're getting that beer in maybe like a fancier Buffalo Wild Wings, getting a bunch of food and hanging out. I would ra- much p- rather take Pete Carroll to like a college bar uh, where yeah. we're at, where it's actually up and rowdy and just let the, let the septuagenarian go crazy. Um, Pete P- Carroll, Pete Carroll might grab 22 people and set them up in a formation to explain like a concept or something. Like, he's, he's playing quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So I, I, that wraps up my list. Charlie, you have one more pick, which has now been revealed. <laughs> yeah. I'm going with Sark for my last pick. I mean, <laughs> there's no telling what this man's capable of when you get a few drinks in him. Absolutely. Uh, it's possible. I mean, like it's said, possible. Shark would show up. It's possible. Shark would show up to the bar blacked out drunk. And then it's just, it's just going from there. I, I was fully going to pick him, but I, I didn't realize until after I'd picked McDaniel that he, that I was like, wait, I think he's a recovering alcoholic. I yeah, they're back-to-back back recovering alcoholics would be a tough look. So I'm um, assuming you want to get Sark just before the end of the USC experiment. Yeah. That, right, is that right, you want to catch him? The, the, week, okay. the week before he gets put on administrative leave and everybody learns that he was just hammered the entire time. I want him right before that moment. Okay. All right. So uh, just to go through our list, Charlie had – Dan Campbell, Jim Harbaugh, Hugh Jackson, and Sark. And I had Andy Reid, Coach Prime, Mike McDaniel, and Pete Carroll. Um, any first, any positive honorable mentions? I think the only one that I had would be uh, Cliff Kingsbury in Thailand. I think yeah. <laughs> that's the one I would want to do. Urban. Okay. That, see, to me, that, that seems horrible. <laughs> would, the, would he be talking to you on the – with, with with the uh the young lady grinding on him or with this most be likely most likely I mean there's a bunch of guys like Bel- Belichick's in that same realm Belichick, where it's like if you want it, if you want if you want to just set a guy up uh, it's like a spinning top and just watch him go let him talk like there's a there's several guys that are like that yeah I think I think so um I think there's some guys that are probably just good like good good hangs out um. Any honorable mentions for people that you think would just be horrible to get a beer with? Um, Jerry Kill might die on you in the middle of the the middle of the event. Um, I, like Ryan I Day. Think, Ryan Ryan Day would be really boring to get a beer with. I think he he really would. I mean, there, there's the obvious ones of the people that I just don't like, um, like like Dabo and Jimbo Fisher, but actually those guys kind of have maybe a chance of that. They would show up and be, be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of just who would be just an absolute wet, wet blanket. Um, well, Mike Vrabel would be the angriest guy out there. Robert Sala. Oh, Robert, Robert Sala. Sala sorry. I, have, I have no interest, yeah. no interest whatsoever. Now he'd be a great bodyguard, yeah. but I, I don't, I don't need to get the beer. All right, so that was our Mount Rushmore. I'll put the I'll include the poll in the uh, in the Spotify release, um, and yeah, we're we're now going to move on to our next segment. So you're saying there's a chance? You got to know when to hold up, know when to fold up, know when to walk away, and know when to run. You 
never count your money When you're sitting at the table There'll be time enough for counting When the dealing's done Every gambler knows All right, Chuck. He is off here. What, what are we looking at? So this, this is a pretty simple one. I have fired up the NFL playoff machine. And I will tell you how the Browns can get the first overall seed and the bye in the AFC playoffs. So first off, if you're just looking at the NFL standings. Okay. I mean, yeah, if you just open it up with no selections made, they're only a half game out of the bye. And they, ha- they, and they own the tiebreaker. The only reason the Ravens are there is because um, – they are eight and three. Haven't had their bye yet. So the way the AFC playoff picture currently looks, Ravens are eight and three. They're the one seed. Then you have four teams at seven and three: the Chiefs, the Jaguars, the Dolphins, and the Browns. Obviously, the first three are division leaders. The Browns are a half game behind the Ravens, and then you have the Texans at six and four, and the Steelers at six and four, up sitting in the last two wild card spots. Which, basically, this is how people thought. The AFC, the uh, AFC playoff picture would look. They just thought there'd be different teams. Instead of the yeah. Browns and the Dolphins and the Texans, people thought it would be the Chargers and the Bengals and the Bills. Um, you know, people thought that the the, the, Jet, the Jets over the Steelers. Like, you know, there's um, there's just yeah, different the teams there, but but the, the the results are basically what we predicted. It's just we hit the team, which wrong. is that there's a lot of good teams right in the AFC and and to be honest with you looking at all those teams that are in there there aren't any easy outs particularly in a playoff scenario I mean you could say Houston and Pittsburgh are obviously flawed but Pittsburgh did actually just finally fire Matt Canada so yeah. uh, maybe they'll still come around the corner uh, notable that when we were watching the game on Sunday there was literal cheering every time Najee Harris was subbed onto the field yes. um because Jalen Warren was absolutely terrorizing us. Jalen Warren was the best player on the field on Sunday, and he got the ball so, seven times. So hopefully uh, the Steelers don't turn a corner. But yeah, no I believe the Steel. I believe the Steelers did update their depth chart to list Jalen Warren as a starting running back. That was like the first post Matt Canada move. Okay, good. That's a good start. But I mean, even if the Steelers or the or the Texans were to fall down, the teams lurking there are like the Bills and other really solid, solid teams. So, um, yeah, definitely just no no easy outs in the AFC. So, in order for the Browns to get the first seed, they basically have to win out and finish 14-3 and because they do not own – they would not have the tiebreaker over the Chiefs or the Dolphins. Or, I mean, and they would would beat the Ravens on tiebreaker if – if they finish with the same record. So that's an important so, distinction there. So, so the entire premise for this is that we're going to, we're going to play with the machine and see how the Browns can get the first round by. And the answer is just, they have to win all their games. Well, so they also need help though. That's the thing too. So there, okay. there's basically, so you have to, the Browns have to so win. That's why, that's it, why it's, you're saying there's a chance. Cause it's yeah, a slim because, Yeah. Because they have to. So if they finish 13 and four and lose a game, it would require like the cheat, like, multiple more losses from the Chiefs. Like, they, they, the Chiefs have to have five losses. I don't foresee that happening. Um, but it basically contingents upon, outside of the Browns' seven games remaining, 
there's like four other games that really matter because the t- way the tiebreakers would work and the records yeah. would work, nothing else would matter. So week 11 finished. We all we know the results from that. The Chiefs picked up a huge loss, which helps the Browns in this scenario. Week 12, um, Steelers and Bengals doesn't really matter either way because the, the Browns yeah. over the tiebreaker against both those teams, right, as it currently sets. And then out of division, they have to win the division. So out of division games really don't matter as much. They'd own the tiebreaker against the Jaguars by way of beating them in the head-to-head. Um, Wait, but so the Browns play the Jags? Is it the last week? It's week th- four. Week 14, we play the Jaguars at home. Okay. Okay. So, um, week 12, basically the only game that matters for the Browns to do this is them beating the Broncos. Everybody else holds serve, and we move on to week 13. Um, Again, here, Browns really just have to win. Nothing else really affects them. This is where the Ravens' buy is at, and so this is where they would, if they won, it so got to. you say to... nothing affects them, we're just, I mean, obviously it would be great if any of the good teams, yeah, like, so like, dropped. Yeah, so, like, if the Chiefs lose to the Raiders or the Packers, like, that does help the Browns. I'm just assuming that doesn't happen. Okay. It's, yes, and so week 13 is also where the Ravens have their buys. So if the Browns and the Ravens were both 9-3, and three, this is when the Browns would move into first place in the division. So that's the, the key part of that there week 14 obviously Browns have to beat the Jaguars that gets them the 14 and three and also gives them the tiebreaker over the Jaguars this is the first game that really matters and you have the Chiefs at home playing the Bills which is a game the Chiefs could potentially lose I have them winning I have them winning in this scenario Um, but a loss here really sets things up for the Browns as then um that's the fourth loss for the Chiefs, and that would be all that they would be needed from that point on. The Chiefs could hold serve. As long as the Browns held serve, they'd be ahead yeah. of them. Okay. Um, the most important game to watch – oh, sorry, week 15. It's not this one. Week 15, the Browns play the Bears. They have to win. Nothing else really matters. The Ravens play the Jaguars. A win there doesn't really do anything either way because the Browns would own the tiebreaker over both those teams. A win would just – if the Jaguars won, it would just help the Browns in the division race. It wouldn't really matter for right. the number one seed. Okay. The The biggest game of the year – um, is it this one? No, it's week 17. Sorry. So week 16, Browns in Houston have to win that one. Chiefs are yeah. playing the Raiders again. Probably, you know – Ravens uh, Niners though. Again, only helps the Browns in the division race. Um, it's a game that I have the Ravens winning. It's in San Francisco, so you don't know what could happen there. And the Chiefs play just going back. The Chiefs play the Patriots week fifteen, and they're going to win that game okay. by a hundred. So who are the teams that are really even? Is it just the Chiefs that are? Really it's the four. Good? It's the Chiefs, the Dolphins, okay. and um, the Ravens are the teams you have to worry about. The biggest game of the year is week 17. And that's when the Dolphins are playing in Baltimore. Okay. So you, you want to root for the Ravens in this game because this is how the Dolphins get one less lo- one more loss than the Browns do. And they would finish 13-4, and four, and then the Browns would be 14-3. and Because, again, if they both finish 14-3, and three, the Browns probably win the division in that scenario. Or they absolutely win the division in that scenario. But the Dolphins would have the tiebreaker. 
um, right. over the Browns. Chiefs are playing the Bengals, a game that five weeks ago looked like it would have monumental impact. Not so much now. And then nothing. I will holds. say, looking at the the Dolphins' schedule isn't easy because they have to. No, play. they have they have, they have that stretch of the Cowboys and the Ravens. And they have to and play. they have to finish against the Bills, who are probably still going to be on that like in the yeah. hunt threshold. And and the Bills clapped them last time. Yeah, I think both those games are losable. Um, yeah, for them. So um, I could see the Dolphins losing three games. Yeah, so it's it's very possible. And then Week 18. You have the Browns playing the Bengals. I hope at that point we're playing a corpse of the Cincinnati Bengals. And not playing um, a corpse of our own team. You're not playing a corpse of our own team. Uh, the the Ravens are playing the Steelers again. The Steelers won the first game. This one's in Baltimore. Um, the Dolphins are playing the Bills. And the Chiefs are playing the Chargers. So this is where I had the Chiefs losing. They're playing in Los Angeles. This okay. might be a game that the Chargers absolutely need to win to get into the playoffs, but how some other things go, if some other things break their way. Like the Texans right. I have finishing 10-7. and seven. That do, could very so well not Chiefs, be the case. Do the Chiefs have to lose twice for us? They, they have to lose one more. They have to lose one more game. They have to basically okay. lose to the Bills or the Chargers. That's, those Their are really the only really two games. schedule really is pretty easy. I, it's the, the Browns' it's the schedule. Rate, and the remaining schedule the is the rate. Yeah, the Chiefs' remaining schedule is the Raiders, the Packers, the Bills, which again is one of their losable games, um, the Patriots, the Raiders again, the Bengals, Bengals. and then the Chargers. So it's like they'll be favored every single one of those games. The only thing that would make me have any belief for that Chargers game is if in Week 17 Brandon Staley gets fired, and then they they and then they are come back. With the with the interim coach bump, yeah, it's possible. And like I said, depending on like if the Texans fall off a little bit and the Chargers can kind of win a few games here, they may need that win to get into the playoffs as like the seventh seed. So they could be playing for a lot in that game. I mean, so with the honestly, so with the Chiefs in the scenario. Honestly, the main takeaway for me from this exercise and just looking at the playoff machine is that the AFC really is wide open. And, yes. Um. With all with with all the teams having three losses, it just does it makes it very very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, the Browns obviously in your projection they have to win all their games. Do you do you <coughs> think Flacco will start at any point? If Flacco is starting, then they've lost at least one game, possibly two. So you don't think they'll move, make the move? Unless, I think as long as they keep as long as, as long as they keep winning, I think DTR is the quarterback. So you look at the Browns' last seven games. I haven't. I'm gonna look at the line right now. Are they going to be favored in Denver? You think? I'm gonna guess no. not because the Broncos no. will come on. They did guess the lines last late. night. It's it's Broncos minus one and a half. Okay, so there's that game, which is a winnable game. Like would not shock me if we won that game. Would not shock me if we lost that game. Then they're back to back on the road in Los Angeles against the Rams. The Browns, they came out today. They're staying on the West Coast for that week. So they're okay. calling that a big team camaraderie time for the home stretch there. Good. Good. Don't know, don't know what version of the Rams are showing up to that game. Is Stafford gonna is Stafford's back? Is Cooper Cup gonna be healthy? Unknown. The toughest game. I think is probably week 14 at home against the Jaguars. 
a game the Browns will probably be favored in. I think it'll be like a one and a half or one point spread, basically a pick them. Um, right. But again, a game where it's at home with the defense, you have to assume that every week that he plays, DTR is going to get a little bit better. Um, Either that or he'll get benched on a loss and we'll have Flacco. Um, yeah. But so, we'll see. The, they're playing at home against the Bears, a game that they absolutely should win no matter who's playing quarterback. They're playing in Houston week 16. My thing, I, I did this earlier this week, and the one thing that I noticed is, like, we can really afford to lose some winnable games and still make the playoffs. Because for me, obviously, that's, I think, the most the more realistic. What what, what everybody has said is from, from six and three, where they were at, you go four and four the rest of the way and finish ten and um, seven, you're probably in the playoffs. Yeah. So if that's yeah. your bar, I, there's, I think there's three more wins for sure on the schedule. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the teams, there might be some hard ones, but if we need 10 wins, I think it's looking pretty good. And then um, we're playing at home against the Jets, who are going with Tim Boyle. I don't think that makes a difference. The Jets are... They should score zero points in that game. So dead. And then they're finishing at home or on the road in Cincinnati against what I hope is a corpse of a team. At that that point, Cincinnati, like, why would Cincinnati win another game this season? Like, just get a better pick. There's no reason to. There's no reason to. Because yeah, so if that's... they get a high pick, then they're in just really great position moving forward. They have all the pieces that they need. They could just draft another lineman and, and yeah. go or an edge or, no, or another edge or another or another DB or yeah. so, like something, you know. So it's so that's where, so like the, the thing about this is that yes, is it unlikely they finish the season on nine straight wins? Extremely, is especially it with impo- no. Is it impossible with who's on their schedule? No. Not with the defense playing this well, assuming that everybody on the defense stays healthy. Um, and D-Hop kicking as well as he's kicked. And D-Hop has to be well as kicking. added. He's, I mean, yeah. he's won us like three games this four, I think he's. I think he's, I think he's hit game winners in, or go-aheads in four games. Yeah, not to mention like the, the 49ers game where he hit so many long field goals to keep yeah. us alive. Um, mm-hmm. So... Very interesting. All right. Well, we will have to see, um, obviously, what happens. It, it's nice, at least, to be able to go in, like, uh, go into this game against Denver not feeling like death. I mean, we could no, obviously yeah. – it's very losable. We're not favored. But I at least feel like with the defense, we have a chance in any game we play. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So that was, uh, that was our – so you're saying there's a chance. Um, we're now going to move on to our final segment, which is going to be – Predictions plus. I can see the future! All right, Charlie. So we're going to start off by just doing our predictions. And maybe we can okay. we can fly through them a little bit. Um, and uh, we're just going to look at this week's slate of games in the real NFL, the Norwich Football League. Um, last week, a little housekeeping. John went four and two. Charlie went three and three, uh, which now brings the season totals to John at thirty-seven and twenty-three. I talked about that—that that, uh, games played lead. Charlie at twenty-three and nineteen, and me at nineteen and eleven. I've been on the bench for a little while. Uh, John, uh, well, technically I have the highest win percentage. John, obviously, the most wins, um, but really just a great showing by the fellas overall. Um, we're all do, we're all doing pretty well. 
everyone pretty comfortably north of 500. So and that's it's tough. Good. It's tough looking at it because like, all right, we have 633 win percentage for you, 617 for John. I'm at 548. In most years, 548 would be dominating the prediction standings. Yes. I, I think some of that has to do with the new the way the rules have changed, the trading of picks and the tanking culture that has set in. It makes it so that the average disparity I mean, we're in a situation where John is on pace to have the worst uh scoring performance of any PPR team with regardless of and we have an extra player. Yep. Um and Mike is probably on similar pace to have the best year ever in PPR. Yeah. So um, it makes it so that there's some more chalky chalkiness uh, in, in the records, but still good to see everyone doing well. Um, I think there's two games this week that kind of are important. Um, we're going to start with one and end with one. So we're okay. going to start with what I would say is the second most important game, which is me versus Ben. Okay. Um Ben and I, Ben eight and three. I come in six and five. I come in as hot as anyone. And Red ben hot comes in. Red hot. Probably, right probably as tepid on his team as he's felt all year. Um, I'll be projected to win this one pretty handily. I'm going to pick myself to continue the streak, and just based on the direction Ben's gone. That said, always terrifying when you have Diggs and Allen stacked on top of each other anything really could happen. And they do appear to be on a bit of a revenge tour right now, post Ken Dorsey fire. So if Devon Achain didn't leave the game on Sunday immediately and has still have the questionable tag, I would consider picking Ben. But with that coupled with just where the team has looked, I kind of have to. I, I have to go with you as well. Even with you know, you've got Puka Nakua is questionable. I'm sure he'll play. I'm sure it won't be an issue. But just across the board, I like your matchups yeah. better. Ben has some decent ones. He's got them playing um, the Jets. Achim playing the Jets. He's got um, Godwin playing the Colts. But it's like, yeah, I just I, I don't know what we're getting out of Ben's team at this point going forward, and so I have to. I think I have to go with you. I like CD playing on Thanksgiving. I feel like in that in that notable Cowboys spot, I just feel like the Cowboys are like required to have an exciting game. Um, this will also be a big test for the Cowboys because they beat the shit out of bad teams and then they lose to the good teams. We'll find out. I think Washington's a bad team officially at this point. They just lost yes, to the but they could Giants. Be frisky. They can be frisky, yeah. but I think they're bad. So like this, this they is are. a game, theoretically, the Cowboys could kick the piss out of their opponent, which would bode well for you again in this scenario. Yeah, I mean, CD has just been spectacular for me this year. So, okay, so Charlie and I both take me in the me versus Ben game, which is crazy to think about if we'd asked us four weeks, four or five weeks ago. Yes. Um, but that's kind of, I think, the logical pick. The next one I have on my map is Alex and Brian. And I'm prepared to do it. I'm prepared to take Alex here. I'm taking spite. Alex as well. I'm taking because Alex as I well. just want. First of all, I just want Brian eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, his presence next to mine on that list is incredibly irritating. His team isn't very good. Um, that being said, he's found a way to win all year. I could easily see the karma coming and vote me getting these first two picks both wrong, uh, which would be just the worst case scenario. But he's he does have some tough matchups. Uh, Starting Tua 
again, that's another one that just a high vol- high variability. But I don't know. I, I think Alex is just has better juju coming in. And... Alex's team can't officially be killed yet. He's got Kyron Williams coming off of IR, who I think has been pretty much been teased. He's going to be the starting running back for the Rams, and they're playing the Cardinals, who are not good. Um, the Cardinals have become frisky with Kyler Murray back, but they're not good. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I have like Alex's team better. Alex's team dropped an absolute hammer on me last week, and Brian's team did not look great. So, um, so yeah, the other thing is, I've I've absolutely supreme confidence that Brian will start the wrong cutter. <laughs> so that that'll be good to see all right moving on we have gary and john this i'm not is even just... open i'm not even opening this one i'm going with gary i don't care who's playing and what the matchups are same we'll have to find some variability elsewhere because i'm not i'm not opening it either that it's a way to save time john yeah um the next one down scott kyle this is interesting <laughs> Actually, this, this this game shouldn't be good on paper, but this is going to be a great game. Scott Scott has every reason to win. Um, I think that, I mean, Kyle's team is is obviously projected for to be to be much worse. Scott appears to finally have settled on a quarterback. I, I actually can't believe Dak is projected for twenty three points. So it's kind of insane. I'd probably knock four off of that, but he's just uh, better top to bottom. Um, I actually think, you know, with Hawkinson, with some of the guys he got in the deal from you, he still has juice out there with like mm-hmm. Ramondre, Derrick Henry, and Garrett Wilson. I think Scott is stronger. Who who are you leaning towards here, Charlie? Uh, I'm going with Kyle. I'm going to ride the hot hand on this okay. one. I'm I'm right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to root make sure for. We were different, so I'm going to I'm going to root for at for just atmosphere on this one. Or also. It's more fun down the road if Scott wins this game because of how close that division has become. Um, yes. But it's way more fun if Kyle puts together a streak here and it looks like John is going to be all alone at the bottom of the barrel. Yes, that I think so too. So, um, But I'm going to go with Scott. Uh, he does just have a stronger roster, and, and we, we need some chance to uh, have, have, have someone come out the winner. Also, I know uh, last got, week that I said I, I know last ahead. week I said that I was um, gonna pick Scott the rest of the way to win every game because he's like my new favorite person. Um, <laughs> this is just can ar- can argue with got to ride the hot hand. Yeah, no, well, fair enough. Take Kyle; it's a better story. Um, yes. Mike Paul, another one I'm not opening. I'm just putting Mike uh, until proven otherwise. His team is an unstoppable force. And Paul, three weeks ago, was frisky. He's fallen off now a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, even with done. Fields coming back, that's not enough of a boost. That being to, said, um, if Paul wins this game, we have a situation on our hands. Yeah. Yes. With we the do. playoff picture. So, Paul, so, so um, Paul's t- Paul Paul won't get out ahead of you and beat you, but if you let him in the arena, he can knock you out. Yes, absolutely. Um, he's definitely just hangs around. Um, so are you taking, you're taking Mike and then we come to the, what I'm calling the marquee matchup and the one with by far the most playoff ramifications, which is 
Charlie versus uh, Zach. Now, I am assuming you are going to pick yourself. You are have to go with myself. Have to go, despite you. despite what happened last week. Have to go with myself on this one. Yes, from a moral perspective, you made that trade. You are as you are balls deep in this season, and there is no way to go but onwards. Yes, um, we am, we mu- we must charge forward. I'm going to take I'm going to take Zach as an emotional hedge because it is obviously in my best interest at this stage for you to win this game. Um, yes, if if Charlie wins this game, Paul upsets Mike, and I beat Ben. The bottoms will all have have rallied around seven and four, and we will carry that in to the last two weeks of the season. That is a that is a result that is absolutely possible. Yes. Um. So just to recap, I took uh me, Alex, Gary, Scott, Mike, and Zach. You took me, Alex, Gary, Kyle, Mike, and yourself. We'll have to see what happens now. We actually have a little a little plot twist here. I'm so uh, excited we, about this. I saw this. I machine, saw this come across the wire, and I'm so pumped about this. The machine is not yet powered down uh, because what I have done, I have put together a Norwich Football League playoff machine. Now I'm going to use this more as an unveiling. I'll actually send the link to the group chat um, because then you can kind of play with around play around with it as you please. Um, but what I've done is I basically made a playoff machine in a Google sheet that lets you pick the winners of the remaining three weeks. Um, three weeks is just little enough that it actually works out to where it's like kind of easy enough to do. Um, some disclaimers in fantasy football, obviously the tiebreakers are all tied to the points for, uh, because points four is very difficult to like project. You, you what I've done proje- is I've, you can't project points for. I just put in the points for as they currently stand, and I'm using that as a tiebreaker because it's a reasonable to expect that it would scale to the end of the year because that's mm-hmm. the evidence that we currently have. In so certain cases, of, in certain cases for sure that hold, and other ones, it's going to be yeah, tougher. There's some like, in which like, it's obviously what, in, like Zach. Like top. it's tough that Zach and I are very close in points for. I think he's up by like twenty and right ben. now. And, and, ben. And, and that could close very quickly in the last three weeks. You right. so, and Mike, you and Mike are far enough ahead where I think those points for Mike for sure. I think you for sure. I think those points for advantages will hold the rest of the way. It's it the way it gets hairy for you for for the lower points teams. So like the Gary, Paul, Brian, Scott group, and then it gets hairy for the tier where that has you, Ben, and Zach. Um, there's really no way to get around it. So you, yeah. can, you but what it, what this does do is it shows you the range of outcomes in terms of records that are possible. Yes. Um. And so so what I have set up is that the machine will actually show you what the results are for the division, and then it will also project that into the populate that into the playoff bracket. So you can pick each each week. So we'll do a little example real quick that we could just talk through um, of what we think is the most likely. Before we do that, I did want to pull up. I did, I played around with a with one earlier, trying to find something wacky, and I was able to put together a bracket of a, a selection of results. Where here, let me. Uh, Again, this is based on current points four, which makes it even current spicy. points four. Yes, so so it makes it so that it's at least 
plausible that it would end that way. Where <laughs> I just posted the picture. You all six playoff teams are nine and five. <laughs> then, then you have four teams that are six and eight below that, and then uh, Kyle is four and ten, and John is two and twelve. Um, if that result was to hold, uh, you'd have in the way that I that was I was able to pick it. You'd have me and Mike uh, at nine and five with the buys, and then. Gary would be the final division winner. Gary would also would have to be nine and five. Um, okay. Obviously, not a not a exactly a plausible result, but just wanted to advertise some of the funky things that can happen. So, what we're going to do to start is we're going to fill in just the results that we've picked for this week, and we're going to come to. I'm going to I'm going to be more realistic. So, uh, we picked myself, Alex, Gary, probably Scott, I'm put, probably I'm Scott, put in this Scott, one. Mike, and you. Okay. Um, if you do that, uh, the change, the change that occurs is actually, um, I will go up to the two seed. Uh, Chuck would play Gary in round one at the six, three, which is actually a really good landing spot for Charlie. Yeah. Ben and Zach would play at the four, five, um, Mike having the, the, obviously the other buy. Um, so that's what we're currently projecting based on the most likely. Week 13, I play John. So I, I'm just penciling it. That's a win. Um, Scott ben, Scott ben is a very interesting matchup. That might, That's the marquee matchup of that week, I think, for we sure. We can see how that affects things. Let's fill in the other games first. We have you and okay. Brian. I'm going to pick you. Yeah, I picked myself in that. I'd pick probably Alex, Alex. over Paul. I think I'd pick Alex, too. I'd pick Mike, I'd over, pick Gary, Mike over Gary, and I'd pick Zach over Kyle. So having done that, the only changeup, this would actually suck. <laughs> so the changeup from that is that now Chuck actually, by moving up a spot, goes into the matchup with Zach in the first round of the playoffs. Mike and I have the buys, and Ben and Gary play in an absolute stinker of a six-three um, first round. <laughs> now, what happens if what happens if Scott wins that game? So if Scott wins the game, Scott passes Gary. And oh, now has the Scott seed. passes Gary and goes right into the three seed. So and that's if Ben the... wins. I'm assuming he might move up a spot. He would move up to the. So if Ben Ben goes back in, you play the you play Gary. I'd be I'd be I'd be in the in the game against Scott. Oh no, I'd be Gary. Sorry. So then we have the last week. We have me, Brian. I'm going to leave that for now. What are we doing? Are we going to go with Ben? Are we, we going to go with Ben over Scott just for for the sake? I think of... I'm going to leave it for now. Yeah. Okay. So then we have Ben and Kyle. I'm going to put in Ben. Jeez, there's some games down the stretch. Your schedule is tough, Charlie. I don't have an easy schedule. I got one game in there that's like I'm chalking off as like I'm pretty confident. Yeah. Uh, I'm giving it to – what are we doing with – okay, so Scott and Zach, I'm going to give it to Zach. Yeah. So – I'll give the Gary Alex game to – I'll probably give it to Gary. Gary. All right. We give that one to Gary. I'll that give you your game over, you you your game over Brian. That will lock me into the two seed. That's me winning out. I, okay. I don't necessarily know I'll win out, but I do have a really easy. I have the easier schedule. Um, and then if Mike wins, you in no change. So you'd actually still you'd actually be safe regardless of this result if the okay. other weeks if the other weeks if, panned out. Now if I win, does it do anything? 
No. So that so no. if if it lands how we how we got there, barring obviously points four, then um, then there you you actually have no stake in yeah. um, in week fourteen. Um, what happens if I lose to Brian? Zach goes into the bye. I play. I play at the six seed. Set set you beating Brian again. Okay. And then just just flip the Ben Scott game in week thirteen. Okay, Ben Scott. So we've really got a collection of teams. It seems like with the way that the teams are playing. Me, and then you, the last the, the last thing the last thing to be, and then we and we literally have gone through all like the permutations is flip the me and Mike game. Have Mike beating me. Oh yeah. 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 I think I might move to yeah, six. So, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Right. So, so then, we, we, we have a solid collection of teams. It looks like. Yeah. So pretty much no matter how you slice it, me, Ben, Zach, Chuck and Mike all, all okay. make it in almost for every the, projection for the sake of arguing, flip it. And I lose to Zach this week. Okay. So I lose to Zach and Mike. What happens? If Chuck loses to Zach and Mike, how do you still make you make it at seven and seven? I'll get it. I'll so that's this is where the points will come in. Because yes. I'm way ahead on like Brian and Scott and then the other the other teams that are around there. I'm way ahead of them on points. And Paul, critically, yeah. because actually in this scenario, the teams that you're tie breaking are Scott and Paul. Now, yeah. Scott could actually close you down in points four. So that's where what I'll do is, obviously, like after next week, I'll update the points four column okay. to be the new projection so that we get a better idea. Um, yeah. But that's just a, a little a little exercise. I don't I really don't know how well that communicated um, across a, a, a auditory medium. Probably not very well. But long story short. Um, we sort of can see the collection of teams that we have at play. Um, and yeah, feel free to fill this out. I would just ask, make a copy before you start changing the results so that everyone can do it. As we, as we kind of played out, it seems like we have seven teams for six spots. That's kind of what it seems yes. like. And, and the real, the actual biggest hinge point right now, based on what we think is probable is actually the um, Scott and Gary three seed conversation yes um, because those are the ones that that are most likely to change now we probably can do some things giving brian a little bit more credit where i can actually get brian in i'm um, sure we can brian, like i said if brian has to play me and you if he wins both those games he's definitely gonna be in the playoffs yeah so actually if he just beats alex and me then brian would make it in at six i would go down to five. Oh, and um, i'd be out I'd be out. And Charlie would I'd... be out. So that's actually an interesting uh, one because Brian. That, that's um, with me. Like fl flip me and Zach real quick. I bet you I, I bet you I, I pass Brian again. Probably. Yes. So Brian really needs Brian, – Brian. it's in Brian's interest for Zach to win this week. Yeah. Brian needs help is what we got here. I control my own yeah. destiny. Brian needs help. Yes. I mean obviously if Brian fully wins out, then he doesn't really need help. But... Yes. That seems really tough because Brian's schedule is also very hard. Um, but yeah, kind of cool. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it works. I, I I push the thing to its limit trying to get it to break. Um, so so I think it does work. But uh, 
yeah, it's kind of fun to play around with and we get our own little playoff machine. So I just wanted to feature that here at the tail end of the pod. Yeah, that's, that's fun. That's, that's going to do it for our show today. Charlie, you have any, any last message for the group? I wish everyone a wonderful Thanksgiving with their families or whoever you're celebrating with. And uh, like we said, we got a lot of football this weekend to watch and a lot of big games, both in the Norwich Football League and in the universe of NCAA and the NFL. So it should be a fun weekend. It's Browns Broncos on a holiday weekend. You know what that means, Charlie. Super Bowl. Super Super Browns. Browns. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, So until next time.